worship my God. I love to lift my hands and worship and praise and, and feel his anointing fall across the building as, as we sing about how great our God is and how wonderful he is, where he has brought us from. I'm thankful for that tonight. So good to have best friend John and Nate and uh, thank John as Brother Regan, John Labor, thank, as Brother Regan said, thank him for coming to see me and we all know that's not the truth, but I'd like to get into the word of the Lord this evening. I'd like to turn to Ruth 1 and 15. Ruth 1 and 15, and she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. Looking back at verse 15, and she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. We ask the Lord to move, continue to move in this place in a mighty way. seated we read this story this evening um, about Ruth well-known character in the Bible of the uh, action that she took on a on a day that that would have great impact 
on the rest of the world from then till now. A choice that was made whether to go with her sister-in-law Orpha or whether to, whether to go with Naomi, her mother-in-law. There was a choice that was made that day. A choice whether or not to follow or whether to leave and go back to her gods. But Naomi told her that why don't you go? Why don't you follow your, your sister-in-law? Why, why don't you go with her? You're leaving your family. You're leaving the people you know. You're leaving the people you love. Why don't you go back with her? I understand why. Why, if, if, you were to, if I was to have another child tonight and bear another son, would you wait until the time you were old, that, uh, until the time the child was grown up, that, that you could marry him and, and have, bring me another son? She said, no, go back. Go back to what you know. Go back to where you grow up. Go back to that place that God's trying to bring you from. But she said those words. She said, thy people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. We read in, in this, this chapter that, that she would have lived with them for about 10 years. Span of 10 years living with these Jewish people. Living with these people that serve the one true Jehovah God. Her sister-in-law did the same thing. Her sister-in-law lived the same way that she lived. Was married to her husband's brother. Heard the same thing she heard. But when it came down to it, when it came down to the choice, whether or not to make your God my God, she said, no, I'll go back to my God. No, I'll go back to my people. No, I'll go back and I'll live the rest of my days in Moab versus going back to Israel. I don't, I don't want to give up what's comfortable. I don't want to give up what I know. But Ruth, you're making a choice today that has great impact on the rest of your life, has great impact on the rest of the, the, the nation of Israel, the rest of the world. The decision whether or not to forsake all or the decision to keep going with Naomi. She said, your people shall be my people and your God, my God. But Ruth, what, what was it that when, when your sister-in-law left, that when, when she said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go with you, what was pulling at you? Was it something that was said? Was, was it something that was done that made you say No. <laughs> Yes, I'm not forsaking you. But more than that, the, that there's this God that I've heard about. There's, there's this God that's, that's the Jehovah of Israel. That I want to follow that God. I want to go to that, that promised land. I want to go to that place. But you as a young person, you as an individual, have had that same choice. You will continue to have that same choice whether or not to backslide and go 
to what you know. Go back to where you've come from. Whether or not you go back to Moab, whether or not you go to that place, that place that, that where God is absent, that place where there's many gods, or you can go to that place where God's at. You can go to that place. But when you're making a decision, you're, you're facing a mountain of a decision, a giant in your life. You're facing it. What's the choice you're going to make? We read the choice that she made. She chose to follow Naomi. She was willing to face the terror the, or the, 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 be the, the being afraid of leaving her family. She was willing to do it, to follow Naomi. Naomi, Ruth, your choice is going to impact generations. Your choice, your decision is going to bring about a giant killer. You're the great, great, you'll be the great, great grandmother of David. You're going to be in the lineage of, of Jesus Christ. You're going to be that one. You're going to be the grandmother. You're going to be the one that puts something into your child. That puts something into Jesse. And that Jesse put into David. David did not cultivate a love for God on his own without somebody first teaching him about who God is. But that decision you're making, that choice that you're making, you're raising up a generation of giant killers. You're raising up a man that when, when the enemy comes, is going to stand for God, that is going to stand for the children of Israel and say, God, no one else is willing to stand. No one else is willing to take this on themselves. Ruth, you're making a decision that's going to have great impact. Your great-great-grandson is going to be a little shepherd boy that one day a lion's going to come and attack him and he's going to destroy that lion. A bear's going to come to take one of his sheep and he's going to say, no, you can't have it. He destroyed it. And one day his father sent him to take the food to the fight, to take it to his brother's. Many lives, when he got there, this, this giant of a man, this, this massive man comes out and, and starts to mock David's God. Starts to mock the armies of Israel. Starts to say, hey, send a man that is willing to fight me. Send a man. All those great and mighty men were, were hiding, were, were shaking to their shaking and were afraid. David said, he asked him, well, why, what will the king do for the person that, that, that does all these things? They tell him. He says, oh, oh that's great, that's awesome. But there's an uncircumcised Philistine that's mocking the armies of the living God. And he said, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason to go and fight this man? 
We know the story of how he gets the stones. And he says, I come to you not by my strength, not by my ability, but he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. But Ruth, you made a decision. You made a choice. It's going to bring about raising up a generation of giant killers. Raising up a generation of those that are willing to face the giant, that are willing to face the mountain, that are willing to say, God, here I am. God, I love you. God, I serve you with everything that I've got. You can use me to do the service. You can use me in a mighty way. But I'm going to do it in the name of the Lord. I'm going to do it for your praise. I'm going to do it. I'm sure David had heard the story of his great-great-grandmother, how she left Moab and came to Israel. But he had that plane in his mind that, that hey, that, that my great-great-grandmother was willing to, to forsake all. They put this in me. They put this drive, this, this desire in me. When that first thing came out, something inside of him said, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason to fight that giant? David, when he came and saw the men running from Goliath, so who is the son circumcised Philistine that, who, that he would dare to defy the armies of the living God? Is there someone who can get that same love for God that when you see a giant defying your church, when you see a giant coming against your man of God, when you see a giant trying to destroy your brother or your sister, that you say, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason to go up and fight this giant? We know David, he becomes king. He Became a mighty man. The Bible says a man after God's own heart. A man that was mightily used of God. Uh, wrote a large portion of the book of Psalms and other, other parts of the Bible. And but he grew older as time went by, as we all do. But he never lost that attitude. He never lost that desire to be a giant killer. He never lost... The desire to go out and fight those that defy the armies of the living God. We read in 2 Samuel 21, 15 through 22. Moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel. And David went down and his servants with him and fought against the Philistines. And David waxed faint. And Ishban, Ishbibinab, which was of the sons of the giants, the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass of weight in weight. He being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. But Abishai, then a son of Zeruiah, succored him and smote the Philistine and killed him. 
in the mirror, David swore unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. That you quench not the light of Israel. If you keep reading these scriptures, we read of four occasions where, where a giant came against the children of Israel. Where a giant defied the armies of the living God. We read of Abishai, or, uh, Abishai Sabachani, Lahaina, all those guys. We read of all these men and Jonathan that said, hey, here I am. David, you're, you're most likely, we don't know exactly how old you, he was, but most likely in his 60s, they were willing to say, here I am. I'm willing to, to take that place of a giant killer. I'm willing to go out and face a giant, a man of great statue, stature, a man that is, that is, a, that is massive, has great strength, willing to go fight this man. Why is that? Why is that? Because why? That giant killer, that giant killer, David, is getting old. We can't have him anymore out here fighting these giants. Why? Because the light will be quenched out of Israel. Why? Because this light is the driving force behind this nation will be put out. The light can't be quenched. This man told him you cannot go out to battle again. If you get killed, the light will go out of Israel. This is not Bible, but can you just imagine David standing there saying, but, but there is still a word of fight. There's still a cause in the land. There's still a reason to go out and face the giants. Maybe was, was those four men standing around him saying, hey, hey David, Maybe they were thinking it, or maybe it was in their hearts. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. Maybe they were saying, hey, I'm willing, I'm willing to step up to the plate. I'm willing to say, hey, I'll go out and face a giant. I'll go out and do what you no longer have the strength to do. God is still looking for someone that is willing to get a hold of what is needed to go out and fight for him. He's looking for those who are willing to fight. To put a title on this sermon tonight, it would be Giant Killers Needed. Anyone can apply. I have a letter here that is written by an elder. It's entitled in an open letter. It says, Oh, the letter reads, open letter to, to tomorrow's leaders. We learn from the scripture and experience that God looks for leaders. He looks for some definite characteristics. This is shown in the example of God calling Elisha to follow Elijah. When Elisha follow, Elijah followed Elisha, he was busy. Leaders need 
to be motivated and interested in the work of God. God looks more for availability than ability. He can give us leaders, or he can give the leaders ability when we show ourselves to be available. We don't know when the desire was born in the heart of Elisha to receive a double portion of Elijah's spirit. But we do know that he was content to pour water on Elijah's hands as long as that was what was needed. God looks for humility. The scripture states very clearly, no flesh shall glory in his presence. Only when we understand that all the credit and glory go to God can we be used as a leader in the kingdom of God. Again, I don't know how long that Elisha was in the shadow of Elijah. But he was contented to be a follower before he became a leader. When he became more concerned about God's work being done and souls being added to the kingdom of God, then, then who is to receive the credit? Much more will be accomplished for God. This is God's church and God's work. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. We have to, we have no record of Elijah rebuking Elisha for desiring a double portion of his spirit. Too many times we in our humility think, I would be happy if I can be half the man my leader is when God would like to give us a double portion of the spirit. I certainly hope that those that I have been able to help along the way will be able to do much more for God than I have been able to accomplish. No God-called leader will be jealous if someone he has mentored exceeds his work for God. Keep up your prayer life. Stay consistent or, or stay dedicated to the Lord. Study your Bible consistently. Be available to do whatever you are asked to do in the church. Stay humble before the Lord and be willing to pour water on the hands of your man of God. But when you look to the future, let your faith go. God is a big God and willing to do things for those that will give him all the glory. I would be so happy to know you received a double portion of the Spirit that your man of God has today. The kingdom of God is what we all are working in. This is not about me nor you. It's about Jesus. God bless you. You are the leaders of this generation. We elder ministers are counting on you to take the torch we hand to you and do even better for the kingdom of God than we were able to do. We have faith in you and are praying for you, God to use you mightily. It's the qualifications of a giant killer. What is needed from this generation? What is needed from each and every single one of you, myself included? 
read in 1 Peter 2 and 9, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. But you are a chosen generation. Chosen for what? To show forth his praises. But what more of a greater way of, of showing your praise to God is telling somebody about where God brought you from. Telling somebody that, that this is the God. As that letter was, was given to me by an elder minister, I'm not, I think he may be right around 70 years old. He's done a mighty work from God, for God. You could say he was, he was a giant killer for his generation. He was somebody that was mighty. Oh, he still is. I want to use the past tense. But there's got to be something in your heart. There's got to be a desire to say, hey, the older generation might not still be able to go out there and kill that giant. Might not still be able to go out there and fight with everything that they've got. But I'm willing to say, hey, I'm available for the, for the work of God. I'm available. You were chosen for such a time as this. For such a time. If thou altogether holdest thy peace. This is from Esther 4 and 14. At a time, then shall the enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Another way to say that is if you don't do it. If you don't do it, God will find somebody else. For such a time as this, is what giant killers are needed for. For a time when the world is going crazy, there's somebody that can face it and say, hey, I'm going to do a work for God. Hey, I'm going to do whatever I have to do. But the old honor God, the, the ones that's been carrying the torch, the ones that have built everything that we enjoy, they're looking for someone to hand that torch to. They're looking for someone that says, I'm willing, I'm able to do a work for God. Isaiah 6 and 8. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. Where is that person that can say, here I am? Send me. I'm willing to be that voice crying out in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. 
The Lord is calling out. He's saying, where's somebody that I can send? Where's somebody that's willing to be a vessel that can be used of me? There's somebody here tonight that has that hunger. That has that desire that says, hey, the giant killers of the last generation need some help now from some giant killers from this generation. There's somebody that says, hey, God, you could use me. God, The harvest is plenteous. The labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors under the harvest. There's a verse that's crying out saying, Whom shall I send? Who will do it for me? Who can I use? Who is willing who says, hey, I'm willing to forsake all. I'm willing to give up everything that I know. I'm not the material that's needed. I don't have the ability. It's not ability, it's availability. I don't have what's needed to do the work. Don't worry, neither did a little shepherd boy named David. Girls, you might think, oh, what if I don't marry a preacher? What if, what if, what if I don't do something? What if, what if I don't have musical abilities? What if I can't do this? What if I can't do that? Esther was just a Moab, or Ruth was just a Moabitess woman. I was willing to be used of God. That raised the generations of giant killers. Let's stand tonight. Is there a young person here? Maybe the same age as me or younger or older or whatever it may be. That's saying, hey. There's a work that needs done. I'm not turning back and going to the gods that of my people. I'm not turning back and going to the gods of this world. I'm going to be a giant killer for the future generations. God's looking for somebody that'll say, hey, here I am. I'm available to be used of you. I'm available for your service. I'm available to be used of you, God. God, here, here's my here's my ability. Here, here's here's this clay that I am that, that you can mold me, that you can shape me into what is needed. It's up to you. There's a voice that's looking for someone to say, who will send me? Or who will I send? That they will say, send me. I'm willing. I will go. 
I'll take up the torch. These altars are open. If you're willing to say, we can get around the front. If you're, you're willing to say, God, here I am. God, use me. I want to be used for your service, God.